Hey, welcome everybody. It's Greg, Detroit's Love Guru, coming to you live as always with the Art of Relationship show. Today, going to be talking about a very touching, very sad subject about when someone loses a loved one. And this is a, a special request show by a family member, close family member that lost her husband due to cancer uh, a few months back. So it's very difficult. It's going to be emotional. And a lot of people can relate relate if you happen to lose, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, a spouse, that type of situation. Or it's going to help you even if you're enduring the pain of losing maybe a sister, brother, other family member, a close friend, a child. Okay. So it's going to have a different undertone not going to be as much of a smart ass maybe as normal. So pay attention. Hopefully I can provide you with a lot of tips, a lot of insight. So I'm going to help you, you know, heal through grief and loss and the tragedy of losing a loved one and getting your life back together. So pay attention. Don't go anywhere, people. I'll be right back with the Art of Relationship show. Hey, welcome back, people. As uh, I'm going to be talking about grief and loss and trying to heal from it when you lose a loved one. Say, and I, I dealt with this a lot, sadly, unfortunately, if you will, over the years where people have lost uh, children, have lost a spouse, um, and you're trying to get back, you know, your life back on track, if you will, if it ever will be, it won't be the same. Let's be honest, you know, a lot of people will bullshit you, will lie to you and say, your life is going to get back to usual, you know, what's usual. It's very, very difficult. It's very, very challenging. And we're going to get back on, you know, on a track and trying to help you live life again and give you permission to enjoy life to the fullest or, you know, your definition of the fullest after someone uh, passes away from excuse me, could be car accident, could be an illness. Let's face it with, uh, you know, COVID and coronavirus and, you know, let's face it, cancer out there in the world. Uh, it could be from, you know, a drive-by shooting. It could be anything. Okay. It's very, very tragic, very, very, uh, devastating for a lot of people out there. Now I want to hit this up. You know, I want people to allow the pain to come out. And this is so hard to deal with, especially if you're dealing with, you have kids and not only your spouse passed away, but mom or dad passed away. So you're enduring your own grief and devastation and you're trying to look out for your kids too and trying to be the strong parent, right? That you trying to not let them see yourself crumble. It's okay to allow them to see you sad, to see you, you know, sort of hurt and grieving. It's healthy for the kids. It gives them permission not to feel guilty, okay, to feel sad. And they, oh, I can't feel sad because it's going to upset mom or upset dad. <clears throat> to be able to look at this situation into, um, you know, it gives them permission to feel sad. And I tell people all the time, I sound like an ass and I'm not trying to be an ass. Okay. Um, I want people to allow the pain to come out. 
allow yourself to feel sadness, to feel the pain. Don't push it away because it's going to bite even harder the longer and the stronger you try to ignore it, to push it away, to pretend it doesn't exist, okay? It's going to hold on. It's going to bite even harder, and it's going to take a lot longer for you to heal. And we have, you know, a couple of people, you know, lost loved ones, you know, heroin, drug overdose. There's so many different situations where people have lost loved ones, and it's very, very difficult, okay? And this one, I'll get into other loved ones, but I want to, you know, Primarily stay on focus as far as if you lost a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, that type of situation, since this was a special request of dealing with this, okay? But you can use the same type of techniques, the same type of avenues to help heal your own grief and loss when you have lost a child, the loss, you know, a loved one. Allow that pain to come out. I didn't say I wanted you to like that pain. There's a difference, okay? Um, and those people in the BDSM world, right? They're like, oh, I like pain, right? Spank me, spank me. We're not, we're talking about the emotional pain, okay? Of losing your loved one, uh, your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, that type of thing, your partner, you know, your soulmate in that situation. Allow that pain to come out. Allow yourself to feel sad and all this stuff. And when you have kids, you know, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, it's even more devastating because, you know, you're trying to protect your kids, right? Oh, I got to be strong. I have to be, you know, all encompassing and to, you know, make sure I'm the strong one and be strong for my kids. It's okay to cry in front of your kids. Okay. It's okay to see them or I'm sorry, to allow them to see you. There we go that you're sad, that you're grieving too. It's healthy for them. No, you don't want to be able to be devastated where you can't function. Then we have to look at, are you able to get, you know, professional help and also get your kids professional help, you know, a great grief counselor, that type of thing. Okay. So there's a bunch of stuff you can seek professional help. Sorry about that. You know, through, you know, some bona fide, some good, grief counselor that work with kids in these situations that work with, you know, yourself in the situation. There's another avenue out there <clears throat> about support groups. Okay. I have a word of caution with support groups. Okay. I'm not trying to bash them at all. Okay. Especially if they're open-ended, which means they invite new people into the group on a constant basis. Okay. A lot of grief support groups, um, they do that. Okay. They serve a purpose, but I want them to serve a purpose temporarily for you because what happens as you have new people coming into the group, sharing their stories of losing a loved one, you know, you're almost re-triggering your own. You're not able to get out of that funk. You're not able to heal why you keep listening to everybody else's grief, okay? I'm all about people being there for each other, but a lot of support groups that are open-ended that allow new members to come in, they serve a purpose but I want them to serve a temporary purpose that you're not stuck in the sadness, not stuck in the grief while you're listening to new stories come in and everybody's uh, grief and trauma and what's going on with them. So you can be stuck in that depressed state and that grief state, and it can serve a purpose where it comes back where, you know what, you're not moving, you're not healing, you're still in, you know, that this depressed, devastating state. So those are my words of caution. Use them on a temporary basis when you come into support groups, okay? I want you to also, you know, be able to focus in on that 
you know, what do you need to heal? What do you need to be able to um, understand what you need to heal and to function in life again, okay? You have a right to grieve that person. And when I was teaching a college class of psychology of death and dying, it's been a few years, <clears throat> excuse me, that was one, and of course, human sexuality because of the work I do. Um, it, it's very difficult. Everybody assumes you go through the grief stages, right? You know, you go through the, you know, you go through the, the maybe denial, you go through anger, you go through, you know, bargaining, you go through, you know, sort of, you know, acceptance and, you know, then you try to relive your life again. Everybody goes through them differently. Okay. You're going to have nightmares. You're going to have, you know, wake up and you're going to want to crave and hold your loved one again in the middle of the night. Right. And they're not there. And you can, you know, people suggest holding on a pillow, uh, a body pillow can help, but Let's face it, it's not that real person, okay? So you have to be understanding and look at what do I need to cope on a daily basis? It's okay for me to be sad. Absolutely. You got to give yourself permission and also start giving yourself permission to live life again, to give yourself permission to be happy again. That doesn't mean you miss or don't think of the loved one that passed away. Not at all. It's giving yourself permission to live life again because you're still here. You still have a life to live. And I know, uh, Angela, you mentioned support groups are very limited. My expense, experience is that some that people use them as a therapist. And that is a great, um, a great analogy, if you will, because support groups are not therapy. They're not a therapeutic group. They're a support group. So there's a big difference, and that's a great, great point. But there are a lot of grief support groups around, and I know they're even more limited, you know, because of COVID. And I know, you know, support groups around, you can call, you know, your area, Google, you know, grief support groups, grief recovery groups in your area. And a lot of them, unfortunately, you know, are with COVID, they're doing Zoom. You know, it, it's better than nothing. I'll, I'll say that, you know, it might be better than nothing doing the virtual um support groups type of thing in person is better. Most people benefit a lot more, but uh, use the virtual support groups around your area. Okay. And even if they are virtual, you can use nationwide or worldwide groups as well. Okay. <clears throat> so need to be able to look in those situations to, um, you know, you, you know, be able to Google and be able to look at the grief support groups because they do change, uh, they could change pretty rapidly in your area, okay? So these are avenues. Allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself to feel. Everybody's going to come to you maybe with support. Some people might want to keep away from you in all honesty. And how many people have experienced this that they sort of shun them, shun you away from them because they're uncomfortable with their own self. They don't know what to say to you. So now you lost a loved one. Now you're even feeling more lonely because nobody else is there to provide that support and that comfort for you. And they sort of are, are like taboo and they're like, you know, get away, get away because they're maybe their own discomfort with their own grief, with their own, um, you know, situation or beliefs or values or how death hits them and affects them. So they might not mean to not be there for you. They just can't, they don't know how to. So it's even more difficult for those people that have lost loved ones to be able to be in there and to be able to 
sit in that situation where, man, everybody's not even here for me. They're out living their life. No one's here for me. So that is a real life situation. So that's where the support groups can come in. And you can even form, you know, friendships from the support groups. But again, they got to serve a healthy purpose, a temporary purpose for you out there in your time of need. Okay. When you lose a loved one, this is one thing I get asked a lot. Okay. What happens when you lose a partner? Okay. <clears throat> However way they passed away. Okay. And now people are trying to push you back into dating again, right? Oh, you need to date again. You're lonely. You need someone to, you know what? When you're ready, you will make that decision. Do not allow anybody to make that decision for you, okay? That's not fair for you. They're not in your shoes. They might mean well, okay, in all honesty, they might mean well, but you have to look at in your heart and your gut instinct when you are ready to try to get back out in the dating realm again if you want that, okay? Again, you have a right to be happy. You have a right to be, you know, living life again. And a lot of times, you know, I get asked this question, you know, throughout the years, Greg, you know, when should I start dating? When should I get involved with somebody? When should I have sex with somebody again? And I tell them when you're ready. Okay. They, they're looking for an answer. Maybe they're looking for permission from me when they ask that question. I'm saying when you are ready emotionally, and these are some tips and some signs I tell people, you know what, if you're out on a date and you are thinking about the person, your person that passed away, let's face it, it's going to happen. That's a normal process, okay? But if you are not able to concentrate on the date and, you know, try to have fun and try to enjoy the date and you're always thinking about the person that passed away and you feel guilty, you always thinking, oh, what would he or she think if I'm doing this? You're not ready to start dating again. Okay, I'm going to be honest. If you cannot sort of enjoy that time uh, on a new date or trying to get involved with a new person and you're constantly looking for, um, you know, reassurance, you're constantly, your mind and heart and soul are still with that person that died, you're not ready to be out there. Okay, that doesn't mean that, you know what, when you're, you can still feel guilty once in a while. I'm talking like a 24-7 basis that you can't enjoy the date because, oh, what would my ex think? Would they approve? They, I might feel guilty. That means I didn't really love him or her. And if their spirit or ghost or whatever is around, they're going to haunt me. They're going to, you know, that you're always trying to live their life still according to that person that passed away. That will tell you that you're not ready to move on. You're not ready to date yet. Okay. Um, if somebody passes away in um, the funeral is say yesterday and you want to date today, chances are you're trying to avoid the pain, the, the grief aspect that would be a little bit too soon. Okay. But these are some other aspects. Okay. When you stop comparing that new person to your past, the one that passed away, meaning, well, my person, whoever did this, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, husband, wife, they used to do this. They used to be like this. They used to do that. They used to do this, that you're trying to compare them and trying to fit that new person into the way that your ex was. You're not ready to date yet. Okay. Again, 
These are all normal situations. And that's where you have to back away because number one, it's not fair to yourself to open up your heart again to love when you're constantly worried about the one that passed away, plain and simple. Number two, it's not fair to the new person that might want have love to share and could be a great partner for you again. It's not fair to that to them to always have to compete with the ghost. I've had friends over the years that have dated uh, people that have lost their, you know, lost their husband, their fiancés, boyfriend, girlfriends, that type of situation. And they always said, Greg, you know, we're dating, we're going out. And it's like, I'm competing with a ghost. Nobody wants to compete with a ghost. You can be understanding. You can be compassionate. Absolutely. But nobody wants to be loved for who you think you can be or who you're replacing. You want to be loved for you. So that's another sign that you're not ready to date and to open up your life to somebody new, you know, after you lost a loved one. So when you stop, you know, comparing that person, we do it in general, right? With the divorce, with an ex, whatever. Oh yeah, they used to do this. I like this. That's different than that you're always trying to fit that new person into the same box that your past love was. Does that make sense? Okay. That you're always trying to get them to meet. Well, my ex was like this. So I need my new partner to be like him, like her. That's not fair to you. And it's not fair to that person. So that is a sure tell sign that you're not ready to move on and start dating again and to be able to start sharing your life with somebody else. Okay. Another word of advice, if you do start dating and you're able to heal the past hurt and grief of the one that passed, okay, you have to reassure your kids. If you do have kids, which is even more difficult, that the new partner will never, ever replace mom or dad, plain and simple, okay, that you still have permission. You can like that person. You can even love that person, but they're not there to replace your parent plain and simple. Okay. It sounds plain and simple. I should say it's not easy because it's also, you know, giving them permission that you can live again. You can be happy again. And that mom or dad deserves to be loved as well, just like they deserve to have people love them in their life. And it, it can be very, very delicate. And all this depends on the developmental stages or ages of the kids. Okay. There's going to be resentment. There's going to be a lot of hurt and a lot of uh, guilt and shame that you're worried about the kids. Will they accept him? It's not right. And you're starting to live your life fully and not live your life fully, I should say, because of the kids and you're worried about what they think. It's important. I'm not saying that. But again, a lot of people that lost a loved one and the kid um, might be, say, five years old. Now they're not going to date or you know, get in a long-term relationship, remarried, allow themselves to be happy until the kid graduates high school that type of situation. I get it. I understand it. But you also have a life to live as well. And it's okay to show the kids that you can heal grief, right? That doesn't mean you don't love that person. Don't miss them from time to time. Not at all. But it also teaches kids that they can heal and they can become happy again. It's a great lesson for the kids to learn. And again, it's important that the kids know, you know, and that new partner knows that they're not there to replace the one that passed away.
They're not there to be the surrogate person, the surrogate partner, the surrogate parent. You get me? They're there to be accepted for who they are and to accept you for who you are. Sounds easy, right? It's not always that easy, okay? So, and another sign, when you're on a date and you maybe start kissing, making out, do you still feel guilty? Do you still feel like uh, you are making out or kissing your ex and trying to compare that? That tells me you're not ready to maybe be in that situation again. Or having you start having sex with somebody, right? Woohoo, right? <laughs> you can enjoy sex again with somebody else. Absolutely, right? But if you start feeling, hey, Amanda, I appreciate you showing up. If you start, you know, you have sex and you're having sex with that person and you're not ready and you feel guilty, you feel ashamed or you're trying to force yourself through that pain by having sex with somebody else. And then you feel like crap after you feel guilty, you feel ashamed, you feel just, you know, just like you're, you know, crawling out of your skin because you had sex with somebody else when you're not ready. It's not a great feeling. I want you to have sex with somebody new and you enjoy it. You're able to focus on that person and not try to be focused on the guilt and shame that you're cheating on the spouse or partner that passed away. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't want you to start feeling like, oh, I'm cheating if I'm going out on a date. And it's normal at first. You're going to feel like that. But as time goes on, as you start healing, I no longer want you to feel like you're cheating on that person that passed. Sounds easy. It's not. Okay. But you have permission to be able to enjoy life again, to enjoy sex, to enjoy touch, to enjoy, you know, affection, kissing making out that type of situation, but make sure you're ready for it. Okay. Don't try to fake it. Don't try to force yourself through it when you're not ready. A lot of people will say, Oh, jump right back into it and you'll start healing. And sex can be very healing, especially after grief. Okay. It can be very healing, but I wanted to make sure it is healing for you that it's not a band-aid that it is not trying to replace or displace what you had before because that guilt and that shame is still going to bite and still going to endure inside of you. Okay. Do it because you want to enjoy it because you want to feel it can be very healing again. Right? So if you're not ready to, you know, make out or kiss or have sex with somebody else, don't do it. And if you do and you feel awful, you feel ashamed, you feel guilty, and you feel like you cheated on somebody, that tells me that you're probably not ready to be in that situation, okay? I'm all about, you know, enjoying sex. Absolutely. People that listen to the show for years know I'm all about healthy sex life and being sex positive. But when you're going back after you lose a loved one, you know, a significant other, it's very, very difficult because you feel like you're going to start, you know, you're cheating on that person that, you know, oh my God, what would they think? Or are they watching me? Their ghosts or spirit, are they watching me? Or if I have sex or kissing, these are all stuff I've heard from clients over the years that they feel these things. And it doesn't mean you're whack, crazy, not at all. It's very healthy. Um, it's very normal, I should say, that people go through this. It's very normal. The healthy entity is when they start dissipating and you're not thinking about that X anymore, that you're able to focus on 
that new partner, that new person, that new life, the happiness you have. So you need to start giving yourself permission to be able to heal, to be able to enjoy life again. And it is not um, getting to the situation where you're living that life for that ex still, for the one that passed away. Angela, you mentioned a great uh, analogy here. You feel guilty for the life they didn't have. This is a big one, right? You know, a lot of people get in <coughs> situation when they grieve the, you know, a loved one. Okay. And this goes with, you know, any type of situation, a, a best friend, a child, um, that you're still enjoying life and you feel guilty because they're not there to share it with you, that they're missing out. I get that. They, most people would, you know, your loved ones, I'm sure want you to be happy. They want you to live life. They want you to enjoy life again and not feeling guilty and worried about them all the time. Okay. They're not suffering from pain anymore. They want you to live that life and give yourself permission. And I get that. It's hard because a lot of even, you know, working with oh, countless parents that have lost kids, um, lost significant others, they have a hard time, you know, accepting that they can live life again and enjoy themselves because if they start laughing and start joking around and living life and enjoying themselves again, they sort of stop themselves. Oh my God, I can't give myself permission because my child or my, you know, husband that passed away or wife that passed away. Oh my God, I, I got to make sure they don't feel like, uh, you know, they don't feel mad at me or, you know, they don't feel like I'm cheating on them or enjoying life again, because that means the one that passed away, right? That I don't miss them, that I don't love them, that I don't think about them. No, I get that, right? I would assume they want you happy. If they loved you, they want you happy. They want you to start living your life again and enjoy that. So give yourself permission to enjoy life again and start living the life you want. Even if you have been married 20 years, 25 years, and your significant other passes away, <clears throat> you know what? Maybe you want someone a little different. That doesn't mean you love that person, but maybe you're looking at, you know what, that you've learned a lot. Maybe you've learned what you don't want in a relationship or what you've want more of in a relationship. So use that as an opportunity to grow and expand and maybe have even a healthier, better relationship than you've had before, you know, that person that passed away. It's not easy. Again, you know what? Get professional help, a professional grief counselor that can help you, a professional grief counselor that is, you know, specialized working with kids if your kids need that. There's support groups out there, okay? Again, with support groups, make sure it's a temporary helping mechanism, that it's a tool that you don't get stuck into everybody else's grief and that it goes on and on and you're enduring that pain over and over and over again, that you're not able to get out of it and to heal and start living your life again. You, your gut, your heart will know when it's time to leave that group, okay? Uh, you know what? I got enough out of this. I'm not getting any more out of it. I still feel like I'm getting stuck into it. That's going to be a sign that, you know what? It's time for you to move on from that support group, okay? So, again, don't be afraid to allow yourself and your kids to feel pain, to feel sadness, okay? I'm um, all about, you know, still being an adult, still being an, a parent, but they can see you cry. That's okay, even if you need to break down, 
and you know, you don't want the kids to see you fully break down. I get it. Okay. Do it in your room, you know, drive to a park somewhere, park in your car and just let yourself go. Don't let yourself go while you're driving because I want you safe. Okay. So you need to be able to understand and give yourself permission to feel that grief, to feel the pain. And remember the stages of grief, everybody goes through them differently and you're going to have everybody and their brother, sister tell you how you should do things. Okay. Listen to your own gut, listen to your gut instincts. They're there for a reason. Okay. And the dating tips I gave again, you know what, that you're able to look at that person for who they are, not for comparing to your ex that passed away. Okay. Or assuming that all men are like this, all women are like this. My ex husband, wife was like this. Therefore my new one has to be like this. No, accept that person for who they are and to be able to acknowledge that and get out of that comparison mode. That will tell you when you're ready to start dating or you can date, but maybe it's more of a sign to tell you when you're ready for a more exclusive, significant relationship. Again, you do enjoy to have life again. You do have a right and permission to enjoy sex and making out and everything that grows, you know, that goes along with a, a healthy, happy relationship. It's just a different one now. It's a new one now. Okay. So hopefully these tips will help you sort of through the grieving process. Okay. Um, there's also, you know, before I let you go, there's some things that can help uh, with the grieving aspect as well. Uh, especially if it's a kid, a family member, that type of situation. What are you doing to have sort of a ritual of remembering that person or celebrating that person's life? And I love it. I'm hearing a lot more of celebration of life and I'll be going to a celebration of life uh, next month in a couple, couple weeks for the relative. I mentioned that this show is uh especially broadcast for, okay? But the celebration of life is to, you know, remember the happy times, remember the good times, the laughters, all those aspects, okay? You can still miss that person, absolutely. But what are you doing to maybe to help you heal and to be able to reminisce at the same time without getting stuck, right? Some people have a keepsake box. It could be a Tupperware or plastic tote. It can be maybe a wooden box, a metal box, more fancy. Everybody's different uh, pictures, maybe their favorite shirt, their favorite, if they had funny pair of socks, you know, thrown in there. Um, it's like a treasure chest, if you will, of a remembering. And it's great for kids as well that have lost a parent, okay, um, lost a sibling that they can still, you know, have keepsakes and remember uh, of that person. Okay. So you can have a keepsake box, maybe a special shelf for that person. Some people have rituals of celebration, like on their birthday, they let balloons go in the air, right? Um, they can let the little, which are really cool, the lanterns, you know, floating in uh, the night sky, which are really cool. Some people will have a butterfly release in celebration of, you know, that person's passing. Some people will have a party. Some people will have a barbecue, a cookout. Some people might celebrate them by going to their favorite uh, music venue or their favorite place where they would love to go. 
that type of situation. So those are also very healthy avenues to keep um, that person's memory intact. But remember, at the same time that you can live your life again and that your kids can be happy without that person and live their life again, there's an ebb and flow or as you know, Amanda mentioned there is, you know, it comes in waves, the grief aspects, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with feeling that pain, that sorrow. Release it. That way it can come out and you can start healing um, on a more readily basis than be stuck in that grief aspect. And it that grief is very, very devastating and everybody is different again, okay? So hopefully these tips will help you out. Check out the Art of Relationships show live every Wednesday right here on Facebook. It's also on YouTube. Check out, follow me on YouTube as well. Twitter, Detroit Love Guru, Instagram, Detroit's Love Guru. So I definitely appreciate everybody tuning in. My website, theartofrelationships.org. Everybody take care, peace, and love to everybody out there.